0: Chapter 24 Learning to Pray The disciples one day overheard the Master's private devotions. So impressive was the scene that when He ceased, they came to Him saying, Lord, teach us to pray. Without a moment's hesitation, apparently, He gave them first what we might call the model prayer. Second, He gave them a striking illustration of the value of intercessory prayer. Third, he taught them concerning the chief object of prayer, which is the Holy Spirit. Indeed, this 11th chapter of Luke contains the most comprehensive teachings on prayer in the Bible. Where is the great teacher now? Seated at the right hand of God, where he always lives to make intercession for them. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25. If our spiritual ears could be opened and we could hear him as he pleads for us and the lost world, I am sure our hearts would grow tender and our eyes moist. With trembling lips, we too should say, Lord, teach us how to pray. We remember how Abraham prayed Lot out of Sodom, and Nehemiah prayed himself into the good graces of the king. Elijah shut up the heavens for three years, and the friends of Peter prayed him out of prison. All these were men of like passions with ourselves. Lord, teach us how to pray. Yes, to pray. We can recall many utterances which pass for prayer, but which we fear the Master would not recognize as such. Selfish and thoughtless prayers that had no aim or purpose, prayers from which we did not expect an answer, did not look for an answer, and would have been mightily surprised if an answer had come. All these have gone up to the mercy seat with our names upon them, and there they lie in the archives of heaven unanswered, because they are unanswerable. O friends, It is one thing to make a prayer, it is quite another thing to pray. Lord, teach us how to pray. How suggestive that phrase is, make a prayer, as if a prayer could be made to order, whether there was any occasion for it or not. But to pray, to really talk with God and bring things to pass, is a privilege that angels might covet and an art worthy of a lifetime of study. The Chinese write their prayers on bits of paper and throw them into the air, hoping they may be blown up to heaven. The Hindus have praying machines and express their devotion by turning a crank. The followers of Muhammad fall upon their knees five times a day wherever they are at the hour of prayer and call upon God. Roman Catholics in Mexico take off their hats when the clock strikes twelve because it was at noon that our Savior was placed upon the cross, and again when the clock strikes three because at that hour, the Son of God died for our sins. Yes, there are prayers enough, but not enough praying. Lord, teach us how to pray. How much we need to be taught. How often do we ask for things that are better for us not to have, while the things we need most are seldom mentioned? Paul was right when he said, We do not know how to pray as we should. How little do we realize the willingness of God to answer prayer! Too often He is addressed as a capricious tyrant from whom blessings can be obtained only by persistent teasing instead of a loving Father who lives and labors for His children's welfare. How little we perceive the scope of the promises! We see the surface meaning, perhaps, but the depths! Oh, the depths! How little we understand the deep things of God! How little do we understand the relation of prayer to Christian work? The common idea is that work is the main business of a Christian, and a little prayer is necessary to help the work along. Work is the strong bow that supplies the force to speed the arrow on its way, while prayer is the feather that tips the arrow and helps guide it to its destined mark. Christ's idea is entirely different. In his conception, prayer is the chief business of a Christian with just enough work to make a channel through which the spiritual forces generated by prayer may find an outlet prayer is the bow that supplies the force and work is the feather that guides the arrow towards its destination if you ask me i will do it john chapter 14 verse 14 he says in other words christ is still doing the work that he began to do acts chapter 1 verse 1 and he invites us to help him by prayer whereas too many Christians think that they are carrying on the work but need a little help from Him. Your idea may best be determined by estimating the amount of time you spend working for the Lord and the amount of time spent in prayer. Yes, we are ignorant, but thank God we can all learn. Jesus has opened a school of prayer in which, if we will, we may learn the divine art. And what a teacher! How patient! how long suffering with dull scholars and how much he knows about the subject for 1800 years this has been his constant occupation and now he invites us to become his pupils and offers to teach us all he knows all things that i have heard from my father i have made known unto you john chapter 15 verse 15 what a privilege we need not leave home either to enter this school We need to use no expense save that of time, but we must take time. Take time to be holy, for a holy life is the only soil where faith grows. Take time to study the promises, for their meaning lies hidden from the careless reader. Take time to commune with God, for to know Him and be well acquainted with Him are the great secrets of success. Let us all join the Master's School of Prayer and take a series of lessons. Surely we all need it, and there is room for all, not in a seat but a kneeling place, for in this school we study upon our knees, with the Bible as a textbook. O thou by whom we come to God, the life, the truth, the way, the path of prayer thyself hast trod, Lord, teach us how to pray.